Living with Diabetes, a podcast from Diabetes Victoria with Jack Fitzpatrick. Hello and welcome to Living Well with Diabetes, the official podcast of Diabetes Victoria. This is a great forum for those of us impacted by diabetes, whether it be directly or indirectly, to discuss ideas, share stories and build our diabetes community. I'm Jack Fitzpatrick, ex-Melbourne and Hawthorne AFL player and current Diabetes Victoria ambassador. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the Kulin Nations, where we are speaking from today, as well as all the lands across Australia, and pay my respects to all elders past and present, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening in. Special edition podcast celebrating World Diabetes Day here on the Diabetes Victoria official podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest, Deb Gooley. Now, I'll let Deb talk about herself shortly, but there isn't much that Deb isn't doing slash hasn't done. Uh, World Diabetes Day, of course, created by the International Diabetes Federation and the World Health Organization in 1991. It's a very special day, 14th of November every year to celebrate the birthday of Sir Frederick Banting, who co-discovered insulin in 1922. The theme this year is nurses make a difference. And Deb, I thought I'd let you tell the people what it is exactly that you do. Well, Jack, thank you for this opportunity. It's wonderful to be able to talk about a a wonderful career that I've had in both midwifery and diabetes education. I've got two loves in life and one is midwifery and one was diabetes education and I came into both of them many years ago. So I've probably been doing both roles for the last 35 years I've been a nurse for 46 years and it was the love of going and being involved with the delivery of, of new, when new life was coming into the world. I became a midwife in 1979 and it was through that journey I led me to, for a little while after I came back from being overseas, I, wo- I worked as a clinical nurse educator teaching anatomy and physiology and clinical skills to student nurses and I got married and I was thinking oh I need a change and they advertised for a diabetes nurse educator and I had no idea what this was so I was interviewed at the then Lions International Diabetes Institute in Caulfield and got the job and knew nothing about diabetes and did all the required swatting up for it, you know, learn all I can about diabetes, get down there. And the first thing I was told was, now we want you to forget everything you've ever learned about diabetes because we're going to basically retrain you. It was exciting and it was different and it was another way of looking at at, um, health, a health issue. But what I loved about it was it, it was the team approach. And I suppose if I have to look at both of those areas, midwifery and diabetes, it's the fact that I've worked in terrific collaborative teams. That's really important. I've found that really important in my career. So hence, I continued the juggle. And I think it's because I've done both that I'm probably still here doing both because I've not been bored. No, certainly not bored when you're uh, juggling both and, and you're certainly right about the importance of teams and, and how great they are working. I've, I've certainly learned that both 
in my former life as a footballer and also with my diabetes care management team and, and how important that is. You, you've specialized also in schools, um, and if I'm correct in saying that. Tell us a little bit about this and, and what exactly it is that you do um, as a diabetes nurse educator around schools. Jack, I inherited this portfolio of schools about three years ago uh, when a friend and colleague who had been doing this role ended up going overseas for a bit of time. So I sort of fell into it by default, but it's been wonderful. It's an area where we've sort of starting to make some progress. It came about, I suppose, Diabetes Victoria has been involved in this in this space for over 12 years and it, it's working collaboratively with the paediatric diabetes treating teams at both Royal Children's and Monash Children's. What the aim of it is is to be able to inform and support not only families but school and early childhood staff about how they can best support a child or student with their diabetes needs in those environments so that they actually feel supported, that they're included in activities at school and that they can learn the same as their peers. The problem in this area is unfortunately there still is quite a bit of bullying, discrimination and stigmatisation around Mm -hmm. having type 1 diabetes in schools. So a lot of um, the work that we do is through calls on the helpline from families and school staff, trying to work through those issues. We work collaboratively with the advocacy team to try and sort out some of those concerns. We work also with the Department of Education and Training And in that area, we've managed to put together some guidelines for supporting Victorian students in schools, and they very generously funded us to be able to develop some online modules for uh, learning modules for school staff and early childhood uh, staff to give them more of an understanding about diabetes. We've done things in this area like the development of the diabetes action and management plans for both early childhood and schools so that there's a guide for for school staff and early childhood staff as to how they can best support students when they're all children, when they're in those particular environments. Deb, you, you talk about, you know, you mentioned that discrimination, stigmatisation, the bullying that comes as a result, and, and then obviously you're working with um, with the kids who are, you know, struggling with that kind of thing. Now, I, I consider myself fortunate in a way that I wasn't diagnosed with diabetes until I was, it was two weeks before I turned 21, so I didn't go through school with diabetes, this discrimination and stigmatization, etc. Do you find that pretty much all of it comes from a lack of understanding and a, a bit of ignorance about diabetes, rather than kids actually deliberately being nasty, or, or is it a bit of both? In regards to the discrimination and bullying and stigmatization, we don't hear so much about children doing it. Unfortunately, it's misunderstanding and poor communication by sometimes by school staff and early childhood staff. A lot of the time that comes from the fact that they are frightened by having a child with diabetes in their school, for instance, because they don't understand or they're frightened by the fact of all the things that they see they need to do to support that child. So it may be helping that child to administer their insulin or actually give the insulin. And so, you know, it means then that schools have to accommodate that. So who's going to give that insulin? So they're, they're depending on, we're depending on school staff to basically volunteer to put themselves forward to say, look, I'll take on that role. And lots of schools out there are doing a phenomenal job 
Jack and are really supporting the students, but but some some schools struggle in this area. They're unfortunately yeah. they're the calls we get. We don't get the calls saying, uh, "My my child is going to uh, this fabulous school and everybody's doing everything you know I could ask for." Um, I wish we did hear that, <laughs> but because we're a consumer support organisation, we we hear the stories that are not so great, and I suppose that's. Where our role is to sometimes it's mediation in a sense that, you know, trying to be that person to sort of just support either the family or the school staff, depending, because sometimes there's expectations from families um, for the school to do more than is than is often reasonable. So it's just finding that middle ground. And, of course, we couldn't do any of this without working collaboratively with those wonderful paediatric training teams, not only just metropolitan but also around the state. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. Oh, just going to ask about, you know, you, you talked about your portfolio and how much work you do with the schools. We've seen obviously throughout 2020 the, the COVID pandemic has caused havoc pretty much in every industry imaginable. You, you name it, COVID's had an impact and uh, it's been quite profound. How has it changed your day-to-day role when you try and educate these, whether it be students or parents or teachers or, or whoever it might be, carers? Um, how has your role changed due to COVID? Well, it, it's changed dramatically because the program that we would run, which was a professional development program for, for early childhood and school staff, we had to we had to stop. What was um, so timely, and I can't believe how it all came together. I had been seconded for the last year and a half to National Diabetes in Schools Project, which was to develop online learning modules for at school staff, but with a national approach to it. They were delivered basically just as COVID was starting. So we had an option. We could say to school staff in early childhood, please go online, there's modules, level one and level two modules, level one of basic training and the level two have got nine modules for those staff that are going to take that next step in in the more supportive role of the student in the school. Um, And you can do those online. And so that was wonderful because it enabled us to sort of really get that program out there in that sense. So we had an option, which um, really, it's terrible as COVID was, turned out to be an amazing opportunity for us to to put these the online program forward. I can't believe this the, the timeliness of it all. Actually, Jack, they had just been completed and were about to be released and COVID starts and at least we had something that we could offer um, school staff in space. And, of course, they uh, could do it in their own time. Yeah, it's, it's funny how, you know, they, they say everything happens for a reason and, and things mm-hmm. like this certainly uh, mm-hmm. uh, would probably speak to that. When you're dealing with uh, people, whether it be face-to-face or via the helpline, and, and this is either, you know, people living with diabetes or, or their carers, etc., uh, what are the most common types of questions that you're asked? Probably the most common type if we get from school staff is where can we get training, which is I always think is so encouraging. It means that they're really ready to embrace this young person coming back to school after a new diagnosis of diabetes or it's starting from another school, they're, they're wanting to learn more about it. So that's encouraging. The other ones are probably from family members who basically are distraught, upset, angry because the school is not, um, they don't feel they're being supported by that particular school. So it's sort of 
And a lot of it's around communication or miscommunication, people not understanding that they need to to support a student in school. And what are things like we talk about reasonable adjustments for a student? You know, what's reasonable that you need to do to be able to support a student at school? And then, and there's yeah. there's not a lot. Sometimes it's they haven't appreciated what they need to do and it's just reminding them of the fact that, you know, you need to be supporting this child at school because, after all, diabetes is a disability and so, therefore, any student with a disability needs to have some extra support so they fall into that category and it's just seeing how we can come to common ground to be able to to meet their needs. Deb, I want to ask you specifically about you and and how you got to where you are now. So going back to only a couple of years, I'm sure, Deb, to when you were deciding which path to take your career, why was it that you were drawn to nursing in the first place? Jack, my mother was a nurse. And in fact, the irony of all of this is I started my nursing training at the same hospital she did 30 years after her on the exact same day. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was. It was a bit like that. And it's lovely because we've had something in common to celebrate each year. We we have our special moment where we say, right, we both started at the same place. And if I go back even further, Jack, I was actually born at the hospital. I trained at and the we called them matrons in those days and the matron in charge of my hospital actually delivered me, um, which I managed very successfully to keep underneath um, under the wraps for many years for all my friends until we were sitting our final exams and she came in to wish me all the best. And, oh, gosh, I never lived it down after that. They all felt <laughs> I got special treatment the whole way through my training. But I actually wanted to do physical, to be a phys ed teacher, mm-hmm. to do PE, and that was because I love sport. And um, in those days you um, were given studentships you had a bit of time to decide because you didn't start your university course until about beginning of March, middle of March, and I'd started my, I'd thought, look, I'll, I'll just see what this nursing's all about. I'll go for the first, you know, six weeks or so, and um, if I don't like it, I've got this other thing up my sleeve, and I got hooked, Jack. Yep. And so that's how I started with my nursing, and that was 46 years ago, and it's been a wonderful and diverse career. As I said, I've probably think the midwifery side of it, I've, I love babies. I love looking after women and guiding women in their care. But it's also too when you've got the ability to be able to work in partnership with somebody when they're trying to work out how they're going to self-manage a lifelong complex condition, that is, is very special. So how can I support you to be able to manage you know, your diabetes? Because so, they're living it, how do I help you? So talking about your role as a, as a midwife and, and working mm. with, with women, mm. is it just to clear up, you, you, this isn't exclusively with women with diabetes, is it? This is uh, no, for, for every, everyone in the population, is that right? Yes, it is. I, I mean, I, it's across all, all facets. For many years I worked in a birth centre, Jack, which was, which was wonderful. We did most of the care. We did all of the care and, it was, and that was terrific in my my role now as a midwife and prior to probably working in the birth centre, I came in contact more with with women that either had gestational diabetes or type 1 diabetes. And amongst my colleagues, they knew that I, I was a diabetes nurse educator, so I tended to be assigned the care of women with diabetes. So I, I got to meet some amazing women giving birth and being there was very special 
when they when they had their children, well, for all women having their children, but knowing what they had to do to be able to have a successful pregnancy when you've got diabetes, particularly type 1 diabetes, I'm, I'm in awe of those women, to be honest. I was going to say when you are working with women who do have diabetes um, going through pregnancy and, and things like that, how how are they and, and how do you deal with them and, and what extra complications do they have to go through and is there anything you could share or, or speak to to anyone who might be pregnant or, or a woman uh, potentially trying for a child who's, who's living with diabetes? It does add an, another complex element to the pregnancy because, you know, they're having to work hard to try and keep their blood glucose levels within a, with a, a quite a tight range. But it starts even before then, Jack. It's the, ideally it's it's getting them to do what we call pre-pregnancy counselling. So you know, getting themselves ready, making sure that they've they've got um, their glucose levels within a reasonable range before they even consider conceiving. So there's a lot of work pre-pregnancy, but then once they are pregnant, you know, it's it's constantly keeping checks on what's happening with their glucose levels. It's adjusting the insulin. They've got an increased risk often of, you know, things like preeclampsia, uh, high blood pressure, those sorts of things. So that it's a more intensive management of a pregnancy than, than most women would have. For them to achieve what they do, I think is just amazing because it is, you know, it's a lot of work. It's hard work. But the outcome at the end is is worth it because they get this very special little person at the end of it. So I suppose it's a case of, you know, putting in the effort um, to for a wonderful outcome. In this day and age, women with type 1 diabetes, for instance, having a baby, you know, there's so much more support. We've got so much more technology that, that can assist in, in managing pregnancies that are more complex. And so, therefore, the outcomes now in this, in this day and age are, are much better. And, and that's wonderful. 100%, absolutely. So, talking about that and, and you know, the women you work with, who uh, either have diabetes or, or other issues, what are the biggest achievements or proudest moments of your long and uh, very decorated career in, in nursing? Oh, do over how long, Jack? 46 years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, go for 40... your life. Oh, go for my life. Jack, I suppose if I have to say my biggest achievements in this time have been oh, working across the the diverse areas of midwifery, having the courage to say, yes, I would like to work in a birth centre and take on that role. Yes, I'd love to work in the clinical area and in particular people that are older and that have diabetes or in the rehabilitation side of diabetes management. 46 years in the industry is a pretty good achievement in itself, I would have thought. Thanks, Jack. I've loved the diversity of my career. I've loved the fact that perhaps I've been able to make a difference in some people's lives. The one thing I know about not just you but pretty much all nurses and, and educators and midwives, you never like talking about yourselves. It's always about other people and, and it's always about how you can assist other people. So rather than talking about yourself, I won't get you to do that. Mm-hmm. Looking at some of your accomplishments of, you know, working in schools and, and helping families and school staff and people living with diabetes. You're in charge of the T, you know, type one and Desmond portfolio and schools at Diabetes Victoria. You've worked at a birth center. You've done a lot in your career. So if 
someone was to come up to you and ask for advice, if they're looking to get into nursing or midwifery or, or working in diabetes, what advice would you give to someone looking to get into the industry? I would say if, if you think that this is what you wanted to do, you want to do, give it a go. It's a diverse career. No two days are ever the same. There will be times when you'll have great joy, a lot of heartache. You'll work hard, but if you can make a difference to somebody's life, then that's then it's been worthwhile. And I would suggest that if you are looking at something like doing nursing, go and talk to somebody that actually is a nurse. In fact, talk to several people that are nurses and find out what they love about it because they'll all give you a possibly a different perspective of what's involved in the profession. But at the same token, they may then become a bit of a mentor for you. And I think that that if you can find a mentor to help you in your career, that would also be of of great benefit for you. Pretty good advice, I I would have thought. And what about, just quickly, I will ask you, people living with diabetes or carers or or whatever it might be, people at schools, et cetera, if they were to come or they're a bit tentative about seeing a nurse educator or about getting advice from professionals like yourself, what sort of advice would you give them? What would you say to them about the benefits of seeing an educator? You come to see a diabetes educator because they have specific skills in being able to guide you with your self-management. They work in partnership with you. They can be the person that directs you to other health professionals to, that you may need to help you on that journey. They're there, hopefully, as your as your support person in times that are, are difficult. And you might not, might not always need them in your lives, but they can be there to give you some guidance and some information at times when you need them. Don't be afraid to go and see one. They will have, they'll be able to supply you with information, direct you, work with you to be able to achieve what you want to do. They're the ones that will direct you to other health professionals. They are there to help guide you through your ups and downs. You might not always need them, but they're somebody you can keep coming back to when things are, you know, proving a bit difficult to help you get grounded, send you on your way again. To finish it up, I think that's the best possible summation of it. We're on your side. The Diabetes Nurse Educator is on your side. I mean, we talked right at the top of this podcast, Deb, about the importance of teams and how good it is working teams working together and, and your care management team and, and obviously, you know, you're, you're working with your team as well um, in hospitals and schools and things like that. I could talk to you all day and all morning and, and continue on listening about your remarkable career over 46 years, but we have just about run out of time, Deb. I really appreciate you taking your time out of, uh, of your time to talk with us here in the Diabetes Victoria podcast. It's been great to chat, not only about your career, but again, the importance of diabetes nurses and educators and, and also throwing in your midwife work as well, particularly um, this year for World Diabetes Day, where I said, again, the theme is nurses and, and how important they are to those of us living with uh, or affected by diabetes. Deb Gooley, thank you so much for joining us uh, here today on the Diabetes Victoria podcast. Thanks, Jack, and thank you very much for also for all the work you do on behalf of Diabetes Victoria as one of our ambassadors. It's just wonderful. But on a final note, I want to thank all my wonderful colleagues and the nurses and midwives that that are out there. Thank you for all the wonderful work that you do. Continue doing it because it really is appreciated. No, that sounds great. Thank you so much and and so well surmised. Once again, Deb Gooley, thank you for joining us. 
Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the program. If you'd like to contact us, it's very easy. Simply send an email to podcast at diabetesvic.org.au. Or, of course, all the information you'll need is on the website, diabetesvic.org.au. 